This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Welcome to the Wrestler Review. After weeks of talking about wrestlers where there wasn't that fucking much, I'm staring at a 16-page document of research about the loose cannon, the man who shits perfect cylinders, the man who fucked a girl <laughs> using gravity boots, a man who had uh, anywhere between 9 and 18 surgeries, depending on which wrestler he told when he was drunk, but... Oh, and uh, and my guy who responded to rookie hazing in the NFL with blackface. Oh yeah, oh he's Brian Pillman. <laughs> Brian Pillman, yeah. fucking Brian Pillman is like, oh, I don't like Trump. Who should be the president? Brian, I'll resurrect Brian Pillman. Brian, but like, here's Snapcut. Brian Pillman, you can't be a wrestler anymore. You don't have an ankle. Um, I'll just wear hiking boots in the ring. I mean, don't do that. Yeah, I did, though. Okay, well, yeah, see you, I look, guess. Um, reading up on the, <laughs> this going to sound fucked up. It's good that he died because he never went that way, bro. I would like to see what he could have done with reels because I remember my mom, my mother, tore all the ligaments. Here's what happened, right? She was skiing down a dick. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> she was fucking skiing down a fucking dick. <laughs> she was not. <laughs> she was skiing down a fucking dick. <laughs> Could you imagine the size of the penis? <laughs> she fucking would have loved it. She loves big dicks, man. No, my She's mom like does not son. have a big dick. No, she likes big dicks like you. You also like big dicks. <laughs> yeah, I like my own dick. Body positivity. You have a lovely penis. I've seen photos of it. It's red and long. It's like red. It's like Brock Lesnar's dick. Just very red. <laughs> it's like a... It's a it's like a tube of lipstick, but if the lipstick for a hippo, <laughs> wide and girthy. We should, mm. um, we should uh, do this. Here's a new tradition on the rest. Look, if you're a listener, look right in the mirror, the nearest mirror. Doesn't matter where you are. Now say it loud and proud. I love my penis. <laughs> also, I love my by the way, <laughs> have you been getting because like the rest of the review, we've had a little bit of an uptick in listens and stuff like that. Have you been getting some emails for sponsorship for the show from like random spam places? And all I want to do is just be like, just please listen to one episode. Like, just listen to one episode <laughs> and tell me if you can. Oh, we can definitely get you a sponsorship. Um, I love my penis. Casper mattresses is the <laughs> softest mattress for when you're sucking your own dick. Well, you do a bunch of good mattress stuff, you know? Mm. Hey, do you need something to lay down on when you're writing la- angry letters to the government that they won't respect your flat earth plog? Well, guess what? Casper's the mattress for you. <laughs> No, just whatever, like sucking your own dick, and uh, this is the best uh, mattress for jacking off super hard that I've ever seen. I'm Dylan Gott. Have you ever just jacked off, like laying on the floor, straight <laughs> no. up jacking? No, no I have not. I'm I'm trying to write a new hour of jokes because it's post Enbra, and it's just like it's just it, this is the phase where it's like everything's a premise. And I legit spent about 10 minutes sat in a car today outside of an Airbnb just writing out, where have I jacked off? And I remembered when I was like 13 and already like time to experiment. I moved from jacking off on the sofa or bed to for a while I just lay on the floor and do it. (laughs) Well, one time I fucked my dick in between the couch cushions. (laughs) I never never did that because my couch cushions had zippers and also I was like... 
my hand my hand's doing a great job why am i why am i gonna fire the star employee out of this corporation (laughs) (laughs) no man just get a bag of hamburger meat put in between the couch cushions it still holds up (laughs) that's not true i don't not believe you oh you guys missed a great fart now listen dylan brian pillman love farts and also tragedy his dad died when he was two uh, he developed, uh, no, when he was three months old, he developed polyps on his throat. Basically, God wanted to kill Brian Pillman. Um, it involved him having uh, like a bunch of tracheotomies and um, having to live in an oxygen tent, spending most of his childhood in hospitals. Um, they had him live in an oxygen tent at one point, which he kept poking holes in using crayons because Brian Pillman don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. The loose cannon, the baby. <laughs> I don't want to be alive. Wham. What a loose cannon. Wham, wham, Booker man. Wham, wham. Uh, and he basically... <laughs> How about this, Dad? If I beat up you up, I get to fuck Mom. <laughs> <laughs> like there, It's a 50-50 push that Brian Pillman did say that to his dad's grave. No, I talk to Dad all the time. I go yell yeah. promos at his grave. Yeah, I dug up, dug him up. I keep his jawbone underneath my pillow. That way, when I'm dreaming, we're together. We played so cash last Brian night. Brian Pillman uh, did have a tracheotomy as a child, and yes, that is the thing that you get when you smoke cigarettes for your whole life, and they take out your throat. Well, Brian Pillman did look like every dude who smokes, like, and is like real cool with it in his forties. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, yeah, man, I'm not gonna stop now. I'm still good <laughs> at it. We all die anyway, don't we? Fast forward 10 years. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have thought like that. (laughs) But here we are. And I'm still smoking. He's the kind of guy that doesn't say we're going for a drink. Like, he's the kind of guy that's like, (laughs) we're going to get fucked. Uh, Basically, he had a childhood of pain and hate and expressed all of that by playing every sport with a vigorous anger. Wait, not only do I get to hit people, but but like esteemed members of the public will be like... You're an inspiration? Sweet. And then yeah. he then he full speed, full tilt destroyed people. Played every sport. Admittedly never really watched wrestling as a kid just because he was playing sports so much. Also, I feel like when you have that childhood, uh, TV doesn't calm you down. <laughs> the only thing that calms you down is smothering other children in sports. Yeah, and also, he was an amazing football player. Even though he had 31 surgeries by the time he was 21, um, but continued to have to have his vocal cords scraped. Um, but this is how good he was at high school football. They retired his jersey, and one of the coaches named his son Brian. Like, also, not in Canada. That's something that you'd be like, that happens in Canada for sure. Like, I'm sure my gym teacher, Mr. Bifolgi, has a son named Mike, named after Mike, who was in my class, who was one of those guys that was just like, um, I got a six-pack because I coughed earlier. Also, I just scored eight <laughs> points. Uh, everyone else was like, whatever, just a student. But then this guy, Chris Flanagan, who is a nice man, but uh, gym teachers kept going, Flan, hey, Flanny. <laughs> He's the only guy who would call by his nickname, and he was like way nicer to him than anyone else. And uh, then me and my friend Mike uh, thought it was he was getting divorced and he was going to try and <laughs> try and fuck. Because this was a time when it was, I mean, it sounds weird, but you could kind of just fuck a student if you were a teacher. And people oh, would yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that teacher fucks students. And everyone's like, nope, problematic at all. Return to lunch, you know? 
Yeah, gym teacher at Nepean High School, Mr. White. Oh, and I will say... He put Mr. White on those titties. Full, yeah, he full-on dated two different uh, students after they graduated. And bangity bang. Uh, and then uh, it was brought up. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and it's my favorite fact, which was, um, do you know what that meant? That meant you could tell Mr. White to fuck off to his face because he did the math real quick. Because we were all friend, we all knew the sister of his girlfriend. John, by the way, went to Brazzers High. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I went to I went to school on the bang bus. <laughs> the vice principal's office was the fake taxi. Yeah. Oh, I gotta take the bang bus to school again. <laughs> oh. oh, God! And I went I went to school in the early two thousand. So it was that guy Sanchez still driving it, as opposed to now where there's a very limited chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I used to have to download whole ones. Well, I mean. We could really have a good uh, every half decade porn review podcast. <laughs> oh man, the same listenership <laughs> that would do just as well. I'm assuming if the if porn continues its march towards the mainstream, we're starting a spin-off podcast called the Bang Bus Review. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about him? What I really enjoyed is I really enjoy the ones where the women get to stay on the bus and the boys get kicked out at the end. There must be. I'm sure there's yeah, one. I don't think. There I watched is. one with Lisa Ann. There is no way Lisa Ann was like got thrown into a crick after she <laughs> fucked a bunch of dudes. For those of for those of you that don't know, the bang for a woman a ride in a first of all there van. there is n- there is no need to explain this to our audience, but waste your breath yeah. if you must. <laughs> then the lady would get on the bus, and then they would start, and then eventually pay her for sex, and then at the end. They would have her outside the van and hand her the money, and instead of handing her the money, they would just drive away, grasping for the wonderful yeah. time. Oh, listen! Again, you it, the, explaining the bang bus to the listeners of the rest review is the equivalent of getting up at a jazz club and going, "His name was John Coltrane." <laughs> um, uh, and the man was probably the inspiration for the bang bus is Brian Pillman, of course. Absolutely. Brian Pillman fucked everyone. When your gym teacher is naming his son Brian, like Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman invested, invented two STIs. One of them HPV because he thought his dick needed character. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's what Brian Pillman was. Uh, yes, yeah, so he goes on and he basically is undersized at every position in football. He's one of those people. He's too small to uh, be as fast as he is and slow to be as small. So he's playing all these like positions with people that would rank five, but he's like a five, kind of like a normally sized man, like 5'11", 180. So that leads him to get into what, John? The CFL? St- steroids. Yeah, <laughs> also known as... Yeah, that's like the CFL, but drug. <laughs> so he's doing early 80s steroids. Like, I mean, how this guy got an enlarged heart, I'll never know. He's been on painkillers since he was two, and then he starts taking steroids, and also, like, we're talking 80s steroids, and he's yeah. the coolest kid. He collected coins and also was the captain of the football team. Like, this, the only person that bullied Brian Pillman was him. funny, because he's probably, he was for sure that type of storyline at your school, but I definitely had a guy, uh, he, the guy had had some childhood uh, health problems. Everyone was really sympathetic to him, like, all the, even the papers in the town would, like, 
talk about his plight and whatever else. Um, but uh, he was a dick. Uh, like he, he, they tied this guy up in a chair at a field party, and everyone was just tickling him with a feather. That's pretty fun and fun in games, right? Tickling him. Yeah, with all a right. Feather. So this guy uh, branded him with a coat hang, and everyone was like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know what to do now." <laughs> wow. They decided it was funny because Stouffville rules. Yeah, no, um, Ottawa, particularly like my school, because the problem was is I went to school with the same 30 people for my entire education. Um, and one kid had real fucked up legs and he got no sympathy whatsoever. <laughs> I like that. But he got no sympathy whatsoever until, and I'll never forget it, another kid started wearing a cape every day. And it was like, it was just, it was like the entire fucking every kid uh, between like every kid who was at our high school was like well now we beat up that guy (laughs) there's something to be said about canada where it's like we've said it before and i'll say it again i still i still get weird i still half expect someone to call me gay for wearing a new shirt shirt's too absolutely you wear it in your house for two weeks so it dulls it um, I was I was ironing a shirt with um, enemy of the show Jimmy McGee, uh, <laughs> and he was exp- he was like, "Well, didn't you have to iron shirts for high school?" And I was like, "If you ironed a shirt and went to high school, someone would call you a preppy bitch, and they would You'd take your up. shirt." Yeah, someone would beat you up. There was a guy at my school who would just scuff white shoes. Like that was seemed like it was his whole thing. He didn't go to class. He just if someone had white shoes, he stepped on their shoes. Oh, also, because I do, listen, I'm having some annoying personal stuff just in terms of admin, but also, God does love me. Another guy who was a real dick in high school, dead from suicide. Thank you, Jesus. Have a good time. Jesus fucking Christ, John. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're making it hard to segue into Brian Pillman. When we were 11, he found out that janitors have to clean up even... So we took a shit on the ground. Let me tell you who else definitely did that. <laughs> Brian Pillman, as a message to the other Cincinnati Bengals, I am not to be messed with. What he did was uh, Pillman was a walk-on in college, and that's at Miami of Ohio. Can you also explain to me Miami what that Ohio? means? There's a Miami. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I should, too. There's a Miami in Florida with a lady with a lot of big abutes. And oh. there's a Miami in Ohio. They call it Dillinger. No one is allowed to be over <laughs> 7 out of 10 on the conventional attractiveness scale. Um, yeah, but what they lack in physical attractiveness, they make up for in rules about how you speak to each other. Um, <laughs> no, what I mean was, what what is so, a walk-on uh, position? There's people that are invite. There's p- types. Uh, there's people. Black, who, white, Jews. I'm there sorry. That's it, that's it. There are no Mexicans. <laughs> Not in football. I don't think there's many Jews here. I'm so sorry. There's, uh, there are three types of people in like a college football program. Uh, there's people with scholarship that and they have paid for your whole education to get you to come to the school. That's how good they think you are. And then there's people who are invited to try out, meaning uh, we won't pay for your education, but you're good at this. And then there's the third type, which is walk-ons, which means, uh, hey, the the assistant coach who we all hate is going to run, make you run until you vomit. And then if you pass that day, we'll put pads on you. Uh, like I, it's an open try. It's an open tryout. It's a, he did tough enough without the cameras. 
how good were the rest of the players that the guy who they na- the coach named his son Brian? He's like, well, we're not paying for you to come here, but you could try hard. <laughs> well, think about here and why. Jim, Jim Ross later on, who becomes uh, one of Pil- it. The mark for an athlete in professional football is the highest in the like basketball. Uh, I would say it's probably the most unique. Ath- um, if you want to go like all around, uh, there's probably a bunch of English people yelling rugby at their iPhone or whatever now. Uh, rugby all around because of the constant movement, probably cardio and strength, probably uh, number one, but like all like pure athletes. There's NFL players who are 300 pounds who can run 100 in 11 seconds and are going to explode by the time they're 30 because of the rigors of the game. But even then, uh, Brian Pillman was... Like an outsider looking in, you ha- you have to fit within these metrics of like to be as fast as he was, you would have had to have been a three hundred pound man, and he just was not that. Even though with steroids, he gained seventy pounds of muscle in four years. Oh yeah, seventy no, it's, pounds of muscle. He's two hundred and forty pounds on that frame. Like yay. He was doing uh, steroids with Mark Coleman, who would be an eventual UFC heavyweight champion. And uh, Mark Coleman, uh, the most roid rage man ever. And he scared, or Brian Pillman scared Mark Coleman with his roid. Just go look up, look up any Mark Coleman highlight reel, and most of it's just him screaming, screaming at the camera. He's basically the UFC champion after Ken Shamrock, and good lord, would he have just thrown Ken Shamrock out of the cage and then started weeping, because he's like, too many emotions, too many needles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like a two-year-old. I I feel too much. I feel too much. So then he, uh, sorry, the... Uh, so Pillman uh, is being hazed, as we mentioned uh, off the top. Uh, he's being hazed by a player on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, when he makes the practice squad in the NFL, once again, as a walk-on. So that's how good a football player we're talking about here. And a determined individual, he gets hazed, and then he figures out, uh, I'll just haze the guy right back. So he does a song and dance in blackface that everyone loved. I gotta so. tell you. This is uh, harking back to my high school days, which was we had Frosh Week, which is essentially the end of Days of Confused, but it was the first week of school. John, it was banned after... Uh, I'm yes. going to cut it off when I said blackface, and then you said this harkens back to my high school days. None of this is going in the show. <laughs> Why is that? Bl- because it will make it look like you did blackface in high school. No, we... we oh. Um, we hazed uh we hazed back which was the senior people the seniors would haze the uh grade nines and we were the f- i think truly the first people to figure out we'll just buy eggs too so they started egging us and then we just threw a bunch of eggs at their truck and this one guy who was really fat cried a lot <laughs> it was great well, I mean, hazed back too i fucked all their moms blackface brian pillman then went to the CFL. He was First of all, blackface. how the like? Of course, he went to the CFL, and how he did not have the nickname Blackface Brian Pillman in the CFL, I'll never know. I also <laughs> am amazed the CFL does not have a team called the Brandon the Brandon Manitoba Blackfaces, the Great Slave Lake <laughs> Blackfaces. Like it's um, for fuck's sakes, the Ottawa team is called the Red Blacks. What the fuck are you doing? kind of gets in his career is marked by a bunch of injuries basically he's playing this guy's playing too fast and loose he also was his steroids were found so and that uh that was when he was trying out for the buffalo bills 
that kind of ended his uh, run there. Not because they found the steroids and were like, hey, this is bad. But they were like, you're too shit to be. <laughs> if you were using steroids, you have to be better at the game. I know you're all thinking, but guys, how did Brian Pilliman transition from um, the CFL into pro wrestling? Well, as we guess who the fuck is in Canada along with the Canadian Football League is... That's right. Brian Pillman through his old strength coach, Kim Wood, which is the name of my dick, um, suggested Brian go into professional wrestling. Brian, having no idea what it is, um, meets fucking um, uh, Kim Wood's good friend, Dave Meltzer, for fuck's sake. And Dave Meltzer, this is, and by the way, this is late 80s, Dale. This is mid 80s, Dave Meltzer. So we're talking huge mullet. Dave, Brian, Dave Meltzer would regale Brian with pro wrestling, and Brian would explain to Dave what it's like to have a conversation with a yeah. person that isn't just you listing <laughs> facts, and yeah. half of them are just weird exaggerations you made. Brian Pillman's one of the first people to diagnose autism. I have, I have it on good authority that Vince McMahon is going to have one egg, just the whites, with toast tomorrow. You can print that. If you deny it, you're denying the facts, Mr. McMahon. Uh, everyone knows that Bruce Pritchard is not someone who likes egg white omelets. Uh, everyone knows that. I've talked to a lot of people about egg white omelets. He does not eat egg white omelets. He ever claimed to eat an egg white omelet. It's not true. Also, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> My wife and I have many kids, and the crazy I cannot remember ever showing her my penis, letting alone putting it inside <laughs> her. Um, like imagine, what does your dad do? Um, as as much as I can understand it, he once saw six stars in the sky, and the internet will not shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> I I would assume he after he's had a couple glasses of wine with his wife, he says, "Let's do that thing X Pac in China did." <laughs> That's what he calls sex. <laughs> you saw X Pac in China. He was like, "That looks good and fun." When she rides him, he goes, oh, this is like the Mondo Guerrero special, which is the inverted <laughs> surfboard. Oh, yeah. a terrible person. Um, so, yeah. So, guess what? Brian Pillman, uh, through Dave Meltzer, gets hooked up with Stampede Re- Like, does Dave Meltzer try to kill Brian Pillman? He's like, oh, I know. I know where to send him. Oh, no, that's also fair. He's also playing for the Calgary Stampeders at the same time. And... He calls Keith Hart in 85 or 86. Information is lost. Um, Stampede Wrestling had been closed for a year. Yeah, that's the other thing. This is just after Vince has bought in the territory and scooped out all the fun bit um, to basically bolster the WWF in what straight ahead looks like one of the best moves he ever made because that was like, oh, hey, um, I bought a territory in the west end, west part of Canada, and now I own Canada. <laughs> like it's what's awful. also what was actually very smart about it. Also, was it gave him control of TV time uh, on both sides of the border because um, the thing with the geography of that is you, you have Montana, Minnesota, all of those sort of Midwest, northern Midwest states right there. So they were sharing television signals. So by doing that, he now is competing directly with the AWA, but not in Vern's territory. So Vern. All Vern can continue to do is employ pedophiles and be a terrible human being without any direct recourse. And yeah. yeah you know. Oh, not just pedophile. Like, <laughs> Buck Sumoff 
is out of time maybe the most disgusting pedophile by that extension person ever oh yeah he's he is the (laughs) fucking he's the jimmy savile of wrestling and that's saying something because there's so many candidates on that list um by the way we bring up buck zoom off jeffrey dahmer is more uh sympathetic yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, I know you're all thinking, why are you talking about Buck Zumoff? Well, one of the Patreons, uh, gave, that was his request, and we're doing that episode this um, this month. We will be releasing a 10-minute segment as a teaser for all of you to join Patreon, and also to really give you guys a mortal choice about listening to this podcast. Um, but that's why we're doing Brian Pillman, because it's like, well, let's do someone crazy, but also in a wholesome manner, as opposed to Buck Zumoff, which is just, oh, die, die, let's all die. Uh, if you donate to Patreon, you'll get the Buck Zoom Off episode, and uh, you will can also download that episode for play uh, on your desktop computer if you want to, or if you want to uh, charge us with a crime and have evidence later. Yeah, but like both are sure. When Dylan and I become successful comedians, that's the f- that's not the first episode you play. Build up to that for the eventual <laughs> controversial <laughs> reveal. <laughs> John, we play comedy clubs. We are minorly successful. <laughs> oh yeah, but the, but those clubs that those clubs, if they play that episode, they'll just book us more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I ho- hope. Does that mean I get to play the White Guys Matter Power Show or whatever the fuck it was called? <laughs> if you ever want to go into a comedy club, uh, and you if you get any little, if anyone here, we know we have a lot some independent pro wrestlers who listen to the show. A really wide array of people. Um, if any of you guys want to try comedy, go into a room and look for the guy who looks the most like Bruce Hart and then ask that guy if he can get on stage because that is the guy running the show. Absolutely. And I know what you're going to say, how will I know which one looks like Bruce Hart? And it's like, if you're in Canada, he's wearing a fleece. If you're in the UK, fleece. If you're in America, He's holding a fleece because it's hot out, but it's going to be chilly later. <laughs> so uh, Dave Meltzer is in Stampede Wrestling. He's learning to wrestle. Uh, sorry, Dave Meltzer, pardon me, Brian Pillman. Oh, uh, imagine Dave Meltzer walking into the dungeon with Stu. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave uh, uh, you're using numbers like a fucking hooter. <laughs> Stu Hart, I'm assuming. Math is the domain of the woman. Your voice is more. Is more distinctive than mine. Fuck it. Yeah, Dave, your top lip makes me want to kiss you. Um, <laughs> also, Brian Pillman, of course, bonded with Stu Hart because Brian Pillman is a—he's just a guy who plays sports. So anyone who's his coach, he's like, "You're my new dad," because my dad's dead. Dad, 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 dad. New dads. Good stuff. Also, he's uh, also Brian Pillman. Apparently, is the guy that Stu never got. Which, by the way, in researching this, we're gonna take a break in a second. But I just want to make this point: Stu Hart is high on the list of who killed Brian Pillman, because the idea that Brian Pillman was never stretched by Stu Hart means that Stu Hart went to his grave very angry at Brian Pillman. Yeah, you owe me a boner. <laughs> Here's something that uh, Brian Pillman. By I genuinely believe by his little time and um the way when you're not the greatest athlete in the world you kind of have to like figure shit out obviously um 
he just knew when things were going to get weird, which is actually pretty much entirely what we're going to talk about in a stampede run. But you could just, he just knew when things were going to get weird and then he would just leave that situation. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a great option. That's also his WCW run. Like we'll get to that in a second, but he, he, well, he very much avoided Jim Barnett because Jim Barnett was inf- apparently infatuated with Brian Pillman, which was always a big problem because Jim Barnett was a chicken hawk. And would basically be like, oh, my boy, and push you to the moon a little bit, but then be like, I don't like him. Because Jim Barnett wanted to fuck people, and people were like, I have a, I have a wife, and I'm not gay. And he was like, what? You're a terrible draw, and you won't make or it in pro wrestling. just take that little dick. No, it was more than little, mate. It's the dick that gave Rock Hudson AIDS, if you believe the rumors <laughs> I'm spreading. <laughs> The only two who get that's fucking gross. All right, so that's going to how we're going to go on break because it's tradition. Yeah, it's tradition. That, it's tradition that uh, when doing this show that we go to break so both of us can have a little moment to think, what the fuck are we doing with our <laughs> lives? So we'll be right back with uh, Brian Pillman getting into wrestling and is WCW run right after this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This one will be even shorter. Patreon.com backslash rest of the review. You know why to go there, and if you don't, suck it. There's shit on my ass. So Brian Pillman is now a wrestler. He uh, was able to avoid getting, you know, beaten up by an old man and uh, embarks on a pretty fucking crazy, successful, very influential fucking wrestling program. Uh, Made a stay... stay, um, Go ahead, Dylan. Stampede. Let's talk about Stampede, please. This is the this is my maybe my favorite part of the show. Uh, is this is this is a it's almost a weekly episode if you're doing a wrestler who is in who is active during the '80s. And this one's called British Bulldog Pranks. Okay, take me through it, please. Okay, which prank do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear about the one on... Uh, like, I want to hear about them all, but... Outback Jack? You know what? I Let's go... No. Or do you want to hear... Okay, so uh, there was a prank that the Bulldogs did where they made, uh, like, a opening uh, match wrestler, let's say, um, uh, do a handstand while they just threw syringes at his ass. Like, I mean... That's a rip. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a prank that's just like we're just gonna assault someone what did he what did he do to, what did they do to outback jack <laughs> so outback jack was kind of like uh put in stampede um i think he had a short run in the wwf uh oh no happened this happened in um this happened in the wwf but he was in stampede so the bulldogs already hated him they were in Calgary, and the Bulldogs uh, basically were drinking with him. Then they spiked his drink, and he passed out. They took off all his clothes, tore them up, shit on them, and spray painted. Uh, they spray painted him pink, shaved his head, super glued his hands and face, and dumped him outside in the snow. And uh, then it was like, "This is uh, what call." And then they basically were like. This is uh, what qualified as a Calgary rib, and that's why Brian Pillman didn't hang out with the British fucking Bulldogs. I fucking love Brian Pillman so much. Like Brian Pillman is the only wrestler that literally is just like, oh, that shit's getting close to that fan. I'm going to go over here, and everyone's like, oh, that shit's getting close to the fan. What'll happen? Oh. Well, like Brian Pillman, uh, you can see this. You can see this in, I'm going to say this, uh, for all the I'm a loose cannon blah 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 he throughout his life you can see he's kind of i'm gonna say this he's kind of a brown noser 
because he's friends with his coaches in football. Also, he basically knows who to hang out with. Like, he knows. So, like, in Stampede, he starts hanging a lot with Owen. And he's hanging out with, like, all the, like, Hart brothers. But if you think about it, he was raised without a dad. He's the youngest of four. Um, and his only coping mechanism, because he couldn't talk for the first 15 years of his life, was sports. So it's like, yeah, you got to make friends with your new dad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, like, because him and Owen would do pranks, like, calling places up as Stu and saying they're going to talk to a kindergarten class. Like, that's the kind of pranks. They I mean, that's, there's yeah. nothing the about that I, I'm like, not enjoying already. Would have drowned his daughter. His daughter's dead. Yeah. It's a prank. Yeah. It's also one of those things where I think the reason why Owen got away with being a prankster is exactly that. That, like, Owen's making a prank call to his dad while uh, the British Bulldogs are just trying to burn Helen's toes. <laughs> um he uh he got he got out of town uh brian pillman did he was um basically recruited for a company specifically by paul Heyman. but another contributing factor him leaving stampede was he caught smith hart trying to put rat poison in his protein powder oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good stuff also smith hart was uh he was so keep in mind this is the 80s uh he was fired for, or not fired he was basically fired from a german run because he was like oh i'll be a heel and then he just <laughs> dressed up as hitler <laughs> he, he just went to germany and dressed up as hitler he's like what what this is fucking heat this is how you fucking do it also i pretty i'm pretty sure he just thought he just thought he was trying to he was just trying to get over with the crowd and get one back on uh on vince because he's like yeah they were right <laughs> here's my character i'm hitler <laughs> that's my character wrestling hitler first name wrestling last name <laughs> wrestling hitler <laughs> i mean which is now my character if i ever wrestle also like how the fuck bald hitler how the fuck was Stuart like stamp how was stampede wrestling a business People needed to see fake fighting, and Stu Hart needed to sexually assault young boys. Therefore, <laughs> business. It's there's nothing about this that's professional or enjoyable for anyone. Like, no one seems to be having a nice time. Absolutely not. I mean, Stu Hart is because he gets to fuck. How it's crazy that like he would be like, yeah, I didn't get to stretch him. <laughs> Saying you stretch someone is gross. <laughs> Do you mean assault them? No, no, no! I told them be That's the thing that always gets they're wide. No, they're wide boys. So, uh, he formed a, co- a team with Bad Company with, I believe, it was Bruce Hart, um, and uh, they they're feuding around a bit and. Basically, uh, he takes to wrestling very quickly. He wins the 1997 Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year Award because his friend gave him an award. And that really makes me angry. That's like, you're supposed to be a journalist, man. You can't be friends with someone and then give them the award, you know? Yeah, you can. I'm all good with it. Yeah, I guess it is wrestling. It's a wrestling award. <laughs> That's great. Um, 
Um, but the Bulldogs didn't like Pillman, which uh, did affect him getting into the WWF at first. That's the best. Well, it's also good, by the way. I think that he would have been because fu- it's uh, it's ten years until he gets to the WWF because it's 1990, 1988. 87. Nobody. Right now. Yeah, it's eighty eight because he leaves in eighty eight. Does a little bit of the territories very briefly. Does like what? San- yeah, he works in CWF. That's right. Uh, with Paul Heyman and Eddie Gilbert, which really quickly basically uh, closes, um, and he's then he doesn't want to go back to Stampede because the Bulldogs are now uh, wrestling in Stampede because of their little respite they have to take after Jacques Rougeau. Uh, knocks out Dynamite Kid, and he just basically works a regular job for about uh, six to seven months unloading trucks until the the company with the most money in the history of professional wrestling comes a call. Yes, but, and basically, I think that he got this through. Um, well, Owen Hart was trying to get him into the WWF. Um, Jack Lanza basically, wait, no. So they tries to get into the WWF. That doesn't work. Kim Wood, his old strength coach, contacts Jim Ross, who he obviously knows from Dave Meltzer at WCW. Jim um, was amazed to so excited to hear that someone who was an NFL player want, is wrestling now. He right there, Jim Ross is so fucking about about it. Um, he reaches a deal with Jim Crockett because it's still 1988, so the deal is just about to go in. George Scott is appointed. Now, George Scott, as it's been uh, proposed by Jim Cornette and others, actually, had Alzheimer's, um, didn't know who Bill Brian Pillman was, and basically was just like, well, fuck this fucking guy then. He ends up going on a tour of Japan, which is very fruitful for Brian Pillman. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, George Scott is then lost for refusing to promote. He's fired because he refuses to promote matches on television for fear they're going to affect the house show loop, which leads to yeah. one of the most abysmally attended of the a few abysmally attended pay per views. And now that they're owned by Ted Turner's company, they're like, no, this looks like fucking shit. Moving on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and George Scott, I'm assuming, was like, listen, you tell Buddy Rogers that I don't care how sexy he got. I don't care he's good at wrestling now. Hey, about this, Ric Flair? You're a whore. Your wife's a whore. And I like that. <laughs> Get me Bobo Brazil right now and tell him George called and said cuckold me bobo cuckold me so much yeah uh yeah hello this is george scott my brother and i have not spoken since we were 18 specifically (laughs) oh no disagreement we just see that's what men do men don't contact their families for the entirety of until they're 65 and then you can have a family again i love you goodbye <laughs> but that's a crazy thing. George to Scott, be. also, by the way, the reason that the Iron Sheik was hired by WCW, they he hired him to bring him in, and WCW forgot that they hired him ever, so he just got paid for two years. That's so funny. Yeah, hundred percent. It's fucking insane. That's like, that's like what happens when I like quickly simulate a sports game. <laughs> like, yeah, let's just get it. I signed that guy. Uh, I guess I did. Yeah. But so. Basically, he he's supposed to come on. Uh, he's he signed in '88. He's supposed to come in in '89, and it's a real crazy thing. He's like the last wrestler really 
that's signed by Crockett. And he's signed during the turnover. Regularly, this would be uh, basically the end of someone's career at a company. And not Brian Pillman, because Brian Pillman don't give a fuck. <laughs> but he was basically brought, he was brought in, and once Jim Ross takes over as head of talent, um, they... Do a bunch of great vignettes. Well, no, but that's not fair. Jim Ross isn't brought in as head of talent. Jim Ross is the number two under Jim Hurd. He's still dealing with a booking committee. The other thing that was really fucking huge is that Ric Flair saw how Brian Pillman was working and was like, I can, if I work with this guy, we will both look fucking amazing. Story goes, Ric Flair then went to Jim Cornette and said, can you get this guy ready? Because they were putting um, Pillman with Tom Zink in a tag team. Uh, and it was going to be Midnight Express versus Z-Man and Pillman for various matches. They were going to do a thing where they damaged Pillman's throat. Um, also, Jim Cornette had ulterior motives. The Midnight Express were going through contact negotiations, and he clearly wanted to create a position where the Midnight Express were absolutely fucking essential to the end of the WCW, by the way, by that point. Uh, that All of that gets scrapped by Jim Barnett, and Jim Barnett just is like, oh, my boy, we're going to put him in a fucking match or something. I don't exactly know, but Jim Barnett scrapped it um, and turned Jim Hurd against Brian Pillman. Um, some suspect that Jim Barnett had a crush on Brian Pillman. Others just think he didn't really fucking believe in him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe in the guy it's been four years he's in wrestling i mean he's a great athlete uh, and he's got a great story um but the i don't know the way they try and make i mean he is very good but i don't know it's just weird when a guy cannot do promos you know but i mean it was the 80s i'm talking myself into this more and more (laughs) like now now nowadays if you obviously we all know from watching wrestling now if you just come out and you like are an earnest baby face. They boo you out of the fucking building. But Pillman was like head to toe, all 80s baby face. His name was Flying Brian. They're doing vignettes with him in a helicopter. He's wearing a pilot's jacket. But what's interesting about him that's different, like what's weird about Brian Pillman is Brian Pillman, yeah, a very 80s sort of wrestler, but he also then becomes sort of the first wrestler that is a quote-unquote internet wrestling wrestler. An internet wrestling wrestler. I don't know how to say this, but it's basically like dirt sheet darling he's a dirt sheet darling that's exactly what it is he has all those matches with tiger mask in japan that people still are like about and are absolutely obsessed with and you can see people want to work with him rick flair literally was convinced that this would be his next big opponent like he kept trying to work brian pullman back into um a main event spot if you like you you look at also his like the fucking Midnight Express were going to destroy his throat. And that's the other thing. And then the Midnight Express, to blow that off, Brian Pillman was going to beat both of the Midnight Express and then beat up Jim Cornette, um, only to then be attacked by Ric Flair and have it be Ric Flair is threatened by Brian Pillman's skills. And that's how they were going to build to the match, which they never got to. And um, then Jim Barnett died. Unrelated. Just something you should know. <laughs> he just did die. He just does not so, exist anymore. But I mean, his uh, it's 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 Pillman's one of the great ones because he it's very much like a yo-yo. Uh, it it really shows what it's like to be in WCW because he's he's feuding for the U.S. title like eighty nine or ninety shortly after entering the company. Then he's in 
the tag. He's in a tag with the Tom Zink, the Seaman, Z Man, the Z Man. <laughs> I'm the Z Man. I'm the Cum Man. <laughs> this guy has a cum fetish. I'd say it's a fetish. It's just a preference. He's the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship champion, of course, precursor to the, the uh, cruiserweights, and he yeah a belt. I think he still technically holds. Yeah, for sure, he's holding it in his grave. He tried to eat it. That's what Just, killed him. Um, is this? <laughs> it says the Light Heavyweight Champion. He has those matches with Tiger Mask. Am I correct? Sure. All right. It's also around this time that uh, he gets really into wrestling. He gets into the whole minutia of it, loves the whole style, gets closer and closer with Jim Ross, and eventually has a... Can you guess? Uh, pregnancy scare with Jim Ross. No. He Well, yes. Turns out they just ate a lot of ribs. No, Bill Watts takes over <laughs> from Jim Hurd, and guess what? Bill Watts thinks Brian Pillman's a piece of shit, because of course Bill Watts does, because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. And uh, also, if your character is I'm flying Brian, I, I'm coming off the top rope with some major ass drop kicks. You're probably not going to like the guy who <laughs> now you can only jump off the second rope. Yeah. The, yeah. You're not going to like the guy that's going to make you fight a bunch of people in a bar to protect his stupid, shitty business. Yeah. Don't go off the ropes. People wouldn't do that in a fight. You're making wrestling seem fake. And also, if you are in a fight, pile drive them. <laughs> but if you are in a fight Hurricane Rana is the best way of self-defense Now what's even better is uh, Bill Watts as everyone knows Comes into the Not everyone actually There are younger people listening I'm sure But basically Bill Watts uh, Removed WCW from being modern And it was barely modern And then just was like No uh, No mats on the floor Everyone's getting a concussion Like yeah. me uh, And if you didn't like it Bill Watts threatened to make sure that you would lose every match, and um, Brian Pillman basically motherfucked him and told him to eat his poo. He'll be the best-paid jobber in wrestling. Um, and Bill Watts, you know, spouted off about black people. Where the fuck is Bill Watts now? He's uh, alive. Is he? That's a shame. I do want to read his book, The Cowboy and Jesus. Looks great. You want to read The Cowboy and the Cross, where it's just like, and that's when I found Christ and somehow became more weird yeah and that's when i found christ and that's when i cheated on my wife a lot that's so funny i love how wrestlers can do that they cheat listen honey now that i've my sex drive's gone down i've found christ because i cheated on you uh till i was tired of sex <laughs> and now you're still here for some reason so let's fucking i don't know sit and watch something on TV. Now, Brian Pillman, again, plays this situation very well because he fucked Bill Watts' wife. No, he, instead of going to the WWF where he's pretty sure he's not welcome, instead he kind of just rides out the shitty situation and says to Bill Watts, fuck you, make me lose every match. I don't care. I'll come back from that. And fuck me, does he ever. Jim Ross, uh, in one of his last actions, basically suggests that Steve... Uh, Austin, Brian Pillman form an amazing tag team and they form the Hollywood Blondes. Yes, they do. Um, which people forget this, but Pillman was the talkie talk of this team. And Steve Austin is the exact same kind of thing as Pillman, where he is an uh, internet darling. He's like, if you watch these matches, Stone Cold Steve Austin works like Ric Flair. Like, it's fucking crazy. If, to watch this, if you're young, please watch. Some Hollywood blondes. They're great stuff, but you just have to forget that that's Steve Austin in a very real way. 
Like if this guy, and it's something that uh, I'll complain. I mean, we haven't done a Stone Cold episode yet. Obviously, that that'll be one of the holy trinity that we do once we decide we're not doing this podcast. Anymore. Yeah, but, the um, Stone Cold two and a half months is going to be a real nightmare. Um, <laughs> but it's just something that wouldn't have happened. Is that this is probably one of the most important relationships in wrestling because both of these people go on to play the same a different version of the same character the loose cannon and stone cold are essentially the same thing i don't give a fuck i do what i please stone cold was just more charming with it and was able to have an adversary in vince while brian played the loose cannon gimmick and was basically like i do crazy shit and he was the last rest of those bill is quote unquote crazy that did crazy shit so it worked out yeah i don't think that but i don't think that austin is the same as this hollywood blondes character like he's also no i don't think he's the same as the hollywood blondes character i think that the loose cannon and stone cold are the same type of character literally the same character and i think they thought it up together and built towards it because steve basically was like this is what i want to be all that sort of stuff and it's exactly the same as the loose cannon and either he heard brian talk about it in meetings which i don't know how he would have done uh or the uh, just were like no be anti-authoritarian and boom there you go i don't know man i think that the origin of the loose cannon character was brian pillman uh really figuring out that he's comfortable doing blackface in a room full of 90 people and that's the loose cannon character like it's just him you were making a good point <laughs> he's just he brian pillman much like a samurai just accepted his own death and somehow is still friends with his high school coaches yeah brian pillman accepted that well brian pillman realized i'm not here to make friends with my own, uh, with people my own age i like being friends with old people or my kids <laughs> yeah no one gets me except for these old men maybe for my because of my penchant for racially charged theater <laughs> pardon me i have to go watch a man <laughs> i have to go watch what i call stand-up comedy which is those guys who uh go into the main streets in town and yell about god (laughs) that's me now um dylan any thoughts on brian pillman part one before we shut it down and do best worst well we gotta we do have to uh talk about the breakup of the hollywood blondes uh which basically was there are a couple time tag champions the hollywood blondes are um but the fun part about that is uh is that they just broke them up Kind of because they were getting too over, essentially. That has long been the rumor that's basically been confirmed, which is a real fucking shame, quite frankly. Well, I just... It's 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 threatening those people's positions and like you have to understand that this is free money place like this WC if WWF is the Wild West and it's like we do whatever we can to make money WCW is thought of as a government job which is if unless. If I can just keep this title, I don't even need to draw anybody, but if I can just keep this title, I'll make half a million dollars a year working a third of the dates they do in the WWF. Will it be as creatively fulfilling and whatever? No, but I'll make the same amount of money or more, and I won't work as much. And this is the WCW. They're part of the WCW-like mid-card at that time, which is Raven... Obviously, Austin, Pillman, uh, uh, Hall, Jack, Nash, Kevin Nash, yeah. Vader. Everyone is, they had so much talent in that company. Here's the crazy thing. At this time, Vader's a mid-carder. <laughs> Vader's going out third. Well, that's the weird thing about Bill Watts. For every, everything, everyone shits on Bill Watts. He made Vader. Like, that's the one thing he got in there. And he was like, this guy is awesome. He's a mastodon. Because he was the old school. 
But he was like exact. It's just kind of weird, but like Vader was exactly he was the the thing Bill Watts liked, but without realizing it, he was also like a step forward for that character. Whereas Brian Pillman, just size wise, he just saw Brian Pillman and he didn't. He just wasn't big enough. And the other thing about leveraging Pillman did. Luckily, he had that long contract because it's very much that he leveraged uh, that against WCW because the WWF at this time. He would not even have gone on the roster. Like he's just way too small. Yeah, and they and they already gave him a job in WCW. You can't have a second job. He's a pilot in WCW. <laughs> oh yeah, he has two jobs. Yeah, and he's a Cincinnati. He has three, and he's a loose cannon. If you watch the Hollywood Blonde stuff, just watch like a flare for the old, where they make fun. Oh of yeah, it's very great. Flair it's, and Arn. And it's one of the times where you're like, this oh, is Steve, how they get to work. It's also them. Steve Austin is charming. Like that's the thing with Steve Austin, and so it works that he's making fun of Ric Flair because he also clearly loves Ric Flair. Yeah, it's it's a yeah flare for the old is a really Brian Pillman's breakout performance. But with that, the Hollywood Blondes just kind of stop being a tag team. There's no real. Uh, there's no real feud. Yeah, there's no nothing. Austin's Austin's pushed in the U.S. title scene to face Dustin Rhodes, the badass, and Pillman goes into other things, which we will discuss next week in part two of beautiful, stupid Brian, goddamn poodle hair. Pillman. Yeah, Brian Pillman, part two. He's got a gun. Now, uh, Dylan, best thing about Brian Pillman the early years? I mean, you got to look at his athleticism. That's the marked thing that gets worse as we go into next year's episode, which is how fucking crazy is it? Like how much better would wrestling be if there were two companies? Because we're going to talk about a two episode on a guy whose career was 12 years in the business versus now when it's like Alicia Fox has been here for 30. It's also one of those things where it's three, it's three companies because ECW plays a huge part in next week's episode yep. by the way you're wrong about what the best thing about brian pillman is the best thing about him is that jim ross story because of jim ross we know that one time he had a giant huge cylindrical shit and he left it in the toilet and showed it to everybody no the best thing about him for you actually you told me off air was his blackface you liked his blackface the best uh i didn't like it i loved it <laughs> so probably his bravery and performance i think the worst thing about him what is the worst thing with Brian Pillman? Maybe his his promos hadn't gotten to that point. Yeah, I, I, but again, you're wrong. Yep. Okay, what's the worst thing? His trunks were really bad. Always looked really bad and cheap. Uh, I really liked his Cincinnati Bengals trunks. Yeah, of course you my, would. I like that. I do not like that at all. Because here's the thing: is he's supposed to be a pilot? Why are you wearing Cincinnati Bengals trucks? You need to wear piloty trunks. Because Jim Ross was well, oh, one of the I guys know, he created. I know. And he played football, you stupid fucking loser. Fucking idiot. Shit. I'm actually surprised that Brian Pimlet didn't just walk out naked holding a football. I think that's probably what Jim Ross <laughs> wanted him to do. And he was like, yeah, it's a bit. I'd have to wrestle someone. It's awkward to put trunks on to wrestle someone, so I'm not going to do that. Like, they they did this. They It kind of sounds weird, but they almost did this with CM Punk. I should say CM Punk almost did this himself, but I really do think... In today's wrestling, there's a lot of mileage to be gained from this guy is from this place. And he's like, like if it sounds weird, but it's like, if let's say CM Punk, for example, like he's a heel everywhere but Chicago, if that makes yes. sense. You know what I mean? 
Not that he was. It was like he just comes out and he talks about like you know when you shit on whatever town you're in. Yeah, wherever you are, I always shit on your hometown. I shit on the town because then it makes it honest. Because then wrestling fans, they know where you're from. Yeah, I see what you're saying. There's a There's logic a level that people, of sophistication now that's just not there. Anymore. And it's also a, but if you're like just a logic yeah. people want to adhere to when it comes to that sort of stuff. You know what? It sounds crazy, but it's like one of the things we're like. He's a heel, yeah. He's going to hate everywhere but the place he's from. There's a logic that wrestling fans want to buy into, and that's an example of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand how there's there has been a character like this before, but just a guy, it, mostly in, this, in the southern territories, but a guy who, like, clearly is from the Burbs, who moved to New York, who's now, like, New York is actually, like, the greatest city in the world. And blah, 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 blah. And then it's revealed he's from the Burbs or something like that. But... They just don't let people just be baby faces in their hometowns. Bitch. Nice. I'm in your face. So that's Brian Pillman part one. Uh, we're going to get to part two, which is, of course, uh, jobbing the loose cannon. Two tours of ECW. Having a gun. Let's not forget about the time he had a gun. Also, winning a match for a woman. Oh, yeah. Winning a match for a woman, not having an ankle. Next week's going to be a real fun lunch. Ladies and gentlemen... For Dylan Gott, I am the far more talented John Hastings. I am more talented than John, actually. Opposite day. What? For what John said. Nice. I'm Dylan Gott. If you want to see any of my shows, uh, fucking uh, try. <laughs> Don't go. You just go to my website and uh, obviously give on Patreon. Uh, so you get the Buck Zoom Off episode that's me uh, saying, John, don't. And then John... Saying pedophiles are bad. That's what I'll be saying. Well, Dylan is going... Trying to yeah, but let's see the dog. Just for fucking. Yeah. yeah. Can you adopt a 25-year-old? Can you adopt... Can you adopt... Why are you doing how, an impression of yourself? To, that's weird that you're doing an impression to, of how, yourself. How many 12-year-olds can I adopt? Again, you're doing an impression of you. So I How many 12-year-olds can I adopt? I won that exchange Mr. again, Adoption. as usual. So wait, I can't just adopt a dog, fuck it, and give it back? Again, why That's are you doing an impression not, of you? I'm, I just don't understand it. I'm a tax-paying taxpayer, and dog lives don't matter. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Please, uh... Please listen Let next week. It'll just be that part of the show. Bye-bye. Let's go down and talk to the Hollywood Blondes with Tony Schiavone. Certainly it is one of the most eagerly anticipated matchups in a long time here on TBS. A clash of the champions. Ric Flair returns to the ring. He and Arn Anderson in the battle of the decades against the Hollywood Blondes. Tony, it's got to be troubling for these two old men who have reached the peak the ultimate achievement in our sport who have passed the time tested battles over the years and years and stand alone at the top the benchmark of success as we know it to have to wake up each and every morning and look themselves in the mirror and realize deep in the pit of their soul that they will not realize their destiny with the next world title their destiny will not come with their induction into the Hall of Fame. Oh, no. Their destiny arrives this Thursday night on TBS when they pass the torch of supremacy to the team of the 90s. From the old to the new. From the horsemen to the blondes. Learn to live with it. Learn to love it. 
or choke on it. <laughs> you know, Tony, not only is it a great day to be a blonde, not only is it a great career to be a blonde, but it's a great lifetime to be a blonde. And we're not about to let Ric Flair and Double A.R. and Anderson, two of the greatest the sport has ever seen, wreck all that we've achieved and all that we will achieve. So on Thursday night at the Clash of the Champions, a flair for the old just fades right away with the rest of the times. That for me, World Tag Team Champions. More on TBS right after this.